Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. Looks like I got a straight picture here on Periscope. Uh, live here on Periscope, Facebook, Twitter, and of course the podcast. Hello everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. Good to be back on the air today. Had a long week last week. Uh, I was coughing my brains out for the most of the week last week, as you can see. Uh, if you go back and listen to last Tuesday's program, that's pretty much how I felt all week. So, uh, glad to be back on here tonight. Uh, very impressed with uh, the weekend by LeBron James. And, of course, the, the L.A. Lakers starting on Friday night. Talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, Dak Prescott, uh, contract offer and the uh, denial, another contract offer turned down, according to reports. Dallas has till Thursday to make the franchise tag. I've got a good plan B option for them. Also wanted to talk about the impressive moves that the L.A. Chargers have made this week or last week. Uh, we uh, are a week uh, from today from free agency talks. We are uh, nine days away from new free agent signings. Tom Brady, all those questions are about to be answered here in just less than 10 days from today. Uh, let's see. And also a little bit of uh, I told you so. Uh, about the Kenny Atkinson step down, firing, whatever you want to call it, the uh, head coach of the New Jersey uh, Brooklyn Nets, excuse me, had stepped down. And um, I'll talk about a report that's uh, a little bit disturbing coming out of that camp that I read off of Twitter and the um, – through uh, um, the athletic, but first, okay, let's start with with the biggest. Let's start with the actual play on the uh, actual live action Friday. Uh, pretty impressed with what LeBron did with the Lakers beating Milwaukee. Two days later, turn around and beating the Clippers. Uh, a lot of people I know have already talked about LeBron. And the Lakers and an impressive feat. What does it mean going forward? A lot of people talk about MVP talks. I think MVP talks are very overrated. Uh, usually the MVP of the league doesn't win championships. Uh, I know it doesn't in basketball and really, or, or football, and really in basketball either if you really think about the MVP. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. But what I'm really looking at here is, okay, they played Milwaukee on Friday. They're the one seed overall, best record in basketball. They and then the Lakers turn around and played the Clippers on on uh, on Sunday. So my thing is, they were coming into before Friday. They were 0 1 against Milwaukee, the the Lakers. They were 0 2 against their uh, in-town rivals, the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers are the favorite to win the title. I uh, will give the uh, Lakers credit. They have a better regular season record. So let me ask you something this. What would the narrative be in today if the Lakers 
would have lost that game. Would have lost either one of those games, if not both. They would have been 0-3 against the Clippers, and they would have been 0-2 against Milwaukee. So LeBron coming in, and this this Laker team, uh, they had to take this serious. Now looking at the stat line, 28-9-7 on Sunday. LeBron is 38-8-8. Very impressive. I noticed that Anthony Davis had 30 points in both outings. So they both are ready to play there. I will give credit what was due. A heck of a job. And I'll tell you what's not really being talked about here is, and I'm going to talk about the lack of respect for coaching that the NBA players have. It's been for a long time. Uh, the coaching turnover in the NBA is, is uh, far worse than any other league. Uh, you got to give credit <coughs> to Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd, and Lionel Collins. Uh, very good uh, to great coaching staff, if you look at that. These are all coaches with playoff experience, uh, all coaches that I've had respect for. And, of course, LeBron has respected for. Lionel Collins, remember, coached a really good Memphis team deep in the playoffs. Kids uh, as coach uh, with a little bit of coaching experience that he's had with Milwaukee going in the playoffs, and I want to say with the Nets as well. Uh, a lot of people said he was a premature hire. So Frank Vogel, we all know, uh, coached a lot of really good uh, Indianapolis Pacers teams that pushed those Heat teams to the limit. So very impressed with that. But my thing, my take is from this is um, number one. It, it, it is definitely a, a two-team league uh, from, from, from a Lakers perspective is that, you know, they are going to be competitive with the Clippers. It's going to be the Clippers and it's going to be the Lakers to take this thing in. If they would have lost to the Clippers, again, they would have been 0-3. It, it does not add any excitement to that possible 1-2 uh, playoff uh, mix coming into the to the uh, Western Conference Finals. But that's not the case. I still think the Clippers are probably going to be the best team in the West. Got the deeper bench. Uh, remember, they've got new players. They've got, the was it Markeith Morris in the trade? They've also got uh, the trade they picked up from the former Boston, or uh, from the former Detroit um, guard there, point guard. Sorry, everybody. I'm still kind of getting over that cough uh, from last week, sinus infection thing. So both teams have made good moves. Uh, don't want to take anything away from this Lakers team. But what, what it has shown is that the Lakers are not just a um, regular season flash in the pan. <coughs> We're less than a month, <coughs> excuse me, right at a month away from a playoffs uh, about to start. It was very playoff mode-like action. Watched a good chunk of both of these games. <coughs> I saw how Avery Bradley starting to look like the guy that played with the Boston Celtics, shooting the three ball good for L.A. And, of course, like I said, really LeBron himself playing well, getting Anthony Davis to play up to his par. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis is a guy who is always seems to be hurt. He seems to be healthy, so this looks good. This is great for ratings. This is great for the game. <coughs> Excuse me. That the way the way these two teams are looking, 
my first indication leading up to this weekend with the Lakers were more of a regular season team. They had a lot more questions and answers. They're an older team. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like, you know, I want to say Clippers coming off of a six-game winning streak, heading into that game, coming in into a six-game. It looked like they were more kind of coasting, doing this slow management thing with Kawhi Leonard. <coughs> but, um, but that wasn't the case. So, again, I think it's probably going to be a six-game series in the regular season between uh, the Lakers and the Clippers. The, pro- the winner will likely win the championship. What's the flip side? I'll say, like I said, I still like the Clippers. The Lakers are a real threat to the Clippers. <coughs> Excuse me. And far as the East, with the injuries of the Philadelphia um, Simmons and everybody, Joel Embiid, <coughs> the uncertainty from Boston, you got to think <coughs> this is really – this is really a Milwaukee's uh, uh, finals <laughs> East to lose. So those are the three best teams in there. <coughs> Excuse me. Three best teams in the league there. And <coughs> my point for Milwaukee is that this, this Milwaukee team looks like the early <coughs> – Excuse me. The early um, LeBron years with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I, so as soon as his contract up, Giannis's contract up, I expect him to make a move. <coughs> Bad news for, <coughs> excuse me, for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. So that is all I have to say about that. Uh, like I said, it's a good news, bad news thing this season. Look forward to. Seeing a great regular season, injuries default to that. We're going to talk about this Kenny Atkinson uh, stepping down, for whatever you want to call it, from the Brooklyn Nets. But this season wasn't as exciting as I know we still got a month ago. We pretty much know who the best teams are. As exciting as I thought it would be coming in, uh, Houston's a little bit of a storyline. Utah is a little bit of a storyline out west. Uh, Philadelphia's got their injuries. Uh, injuries have played, obviously, Kevin Durant coming in. Now Kyrie Irving's out of the Nets team there. And, of course, all the injuries to the um, to the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry just now coming back. So it's not quite what we thought it would be coming in. But that being said... We do have a little bit of a storyline. It doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut, overwhelming favorite like it was last year with Golden State in the previous years. So uh, it's impressive. I'm impressed with what LeBron's done. Uh, this is a guy who has not been on my good side as of late. Uh, I think he has heard his critics out. He is not worried about uh, – he's not too much involved as of late, is wanting to lecture the general public on politics. He's, uh, for what I understand, no report says he's not trying to undermine Frank Vogel. I talked about this coaching style <coughs> with Jason Kidd and Lionel Hollins. Uh, <coughs> he's not, uh, you don't see a lot of this stuff with this Hollywood thing. I know he had the uh, Space Jam 2 deal come up 
during the summertime. But other than that, he's kind of laid low. He, he stayed focused. The guy's 35 years old. Got to give him credit for that. He's getting the best out of Anthony Davis. And this team is legit forced to win the title right now. Again, but the Clippers, but the Clippers get a slew of injuries. It would be the Lakers to lose. That being said, the Lakers, the older team, it is not a lock, which that's what makes it exciting going into. So it was a good weekend for the Lakers. Good weekend for the NBA, if you ask me. Other than that, now, that being said, Kenny Atkinson, um, Brooklyn Nets stepped down uh, this past week for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, they are currently the seventh seed. So they, if the playoffs started today, the Nets would be in the playoffs. Now, of course, this goes to <coughs> – there's another report out of the Atlantic today, out of the Athletic. I want to keep saying the Atlantic. Out of the Athletic from uh, Sham Sharania. Uh, from the athletic, very uh, viable source there says KD, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and bitching them for their be injured. Uh, sources say never connected with Kenny Atkinson, the coach, recently stepped down with air quotes from the Brooklyn Nets. There was a belief that they did not have interest in playing for him when the Nets are a whole. Again, next season. Okay, these guys have never even really, uh, especially uh, Kevin Durant, arguably the second, third best player in the NBA, uh, saying he don't want to play for this guy. Now, this goes back to what I said back when John Beeline basically stepped down out of his role of being a head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is from uh, Sportscope about two weeks ago. Listen up. It's not that these guys are sensitive. They have no respect. You know why a lot of these big-time free agents uh, heads off to Jimmy Butler? I know he's had his problems. You know why a lot of these big-time free agents don't really want to go there? Because Pat Riley makes these guys respect coaching, you know, and respect Spolstra. There's no respect, you know. The other sports, you have respect. 2.4-year average of coaches. You cannot build a program in two years. You know, I, I understand that the front office and talent and everything, but most of this is about guys not respecting their coaches. Okay, now, and Kenny Atkinson's um, tenure, he, he had been there since 2016 to 2020. Last year, this team got to the playoffs with virtually no players. They're in the seventh seed with two star players, not – playing uh one of their biggest acquisitions from the offseason was Kevin Durant didn't play a single game this year uh with his Achilles injury and of course Kyrie Irving uh you know played part of the season now he's done for the season as well I talked about a few weeks ago the 2.4 uh years 2.8 years average of a uh college uh our NBA basketball coach's life expectancy <coughs> of getting fired, which is the lowest in any other sport. All four major sports, including hockey, basically baseball, NFL. Why? Because it's too much player-driven. Uh, there's no respect for uh, players um, <clears throat> or for coaches 
and general managers in the league. And, yes, I got a problem with it. I think it's bring down the league. This guy hasn't even coached these guys yet, and they don't want to they don't want to listen to him. So, yeah, I have a problem with that. I said it then. I said it now. You know, these guys, the general managers and the coaches need to take back the league, uh, although uh, these teams aren't the greatest teams in the world. I, I tend to want to pull for teams like the Miami Heat where Pat Riley, uh, you will listen to Pat Riley and the coaching staff of the Heat or you will get gone. The owner has his back. I'm surprised LeBron made it for as long as he did with the Miami Heat. If it wasn't for Dwayne Wade, he probably wouldn't have done that. Uh, also, with, with, with Dallas and, and, and um, their coaching staff, Mark Cuban, backing up their coaching staff as well. I like to see Luka Doncic and those guys uh, do well because it is about the coaches and the GMs. I ain't saying being disrespectful towards the players, but it's just one more, one more indication of I'm right, and, uh, this, you know, one lady tweeted out of a basketball reporter says, why have any coaches? You know, it, it's just ridiculous. Now, uh, some people have talked about, well, who would be a possible uh, replacing candidate? Somebody like Mark Jackson, an old school guy that coaches defense. They got the uh, Golden State Warriors to where they were before Steve Kerr took over or possibly a Ty Lue who coached. Uh, Kyrie Irving with LeBron James and won a championship back in 2016. That would be my odds-on favorite. Either one, it's got to be somebody that these players respect and um, and the owner gets their back. I just wish it wasn't like that. Uh, I wish there was a way to uh, discipline these players a little bit more and bring back respect for the coaches and the, G- the general managers of the League, it's really a GM league and a player league. The GM just basically works the numbers and and makes the trades and stuff. And the players pretty much coach themselves. Not a good thing. Uh, NBA, I think that's part of what's hurt the ratings in the NBA over the years. I know it's a star player league and all that, and yada yada yada. I know what, what it was built on with the uh, oh god, that, that was it, Daniel Stern. Yeah, uh, David Stern, the former commissioner. I know that was his whole plan in Embo, but he also had an iron fist and he backed up. Uh, you know, when when he wanted to keep the league's feet to the fire, he did that. So, uh, like I said, I, I just wish it went like that. That's just one more proof of evidence. Again, uh, Sean Sharama from the Atlantic. Uh, the Athletics said the sources say that uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant did not want to play, uh, did not connect with Kenny Atkinson. You know, these guys are grown men. I said, you know, I think a lot of that is because it's one and done. These players aren't really mature. They wanted to follow the league of a guy like LeBron James, who's been known to undermine coaches in the past. Now, that being said, he is on his best behavior this year. LeBron, and uh, part of that is because I think he, he embarrassed himself last year, and, uh, you know, he started to get the reputation of being the passive-aggressive, and he is a tone setter, uh, and now he's got an older uh, group of coaches that he respects, but, uh, you know, it shouldn't be like that. I think the owners and the general managers should get the coaches back 
and uh, disciplinary. It should be uh, you still have guaranteed contracts. I just think discipline should be a little bit stronger and favor that. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, switching sports here. Uh, Dak Prescott. That the Cowboys have until Thursday, rather to either franchise him or use exclusive franchise. Uh, the exclusive franchise, no one else can make him an offer. Uh, that would be $33 million, I want to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, 33 to $34 million to keep him from talking to other teams. If they wanted to give him the regular franchise tag, that would be $27 million, where he could sign, uh, sign an offer sheet that the Cowboys, the Cowboys couldn't match. Me personally, I would I would probably look more towards giving him the non-exclusive $27 million uh, deal there. <coughs> you know, uh, plus there's other reports here. I know a lot of you have heard this today, but I'm going to repeat it. The Cowboys supposedly uh, met up with uh, Dak Prescott's agent at the NFL Combine, his agent Todd France, and they uh, discussed. Sources say this is for the ESPN. The Cowboys had an offer worth thirty-three million dollars per year and a hundred million dollar guaranteed on the table for the former fourth-round pick. Okay, and okay. So his salary would put him right around Russell Wilson, uh, thirty-five million. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, thirty-four million. Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff are closer around the thirty-three point five million dollar range. Now, what does all those quarterbacks have in common that Dak Prescott does not have? And it's very simple. All those quarterbacks, let's go through this list again. Russell Wilson, won a Super Bowl, been to two. Ben Roethlisberger's been to, been to three Super Bowls and won two. Uh, Jared Goff's uh, been to a Super Bowl, and Aaron Rodgers has been to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl, okay? So, uh, Dak Prescott's been to pl two playoff appearances, one win, uh, best line, arguably, in football during that time period. Arguably the best running back, true number one receiver, above average defense, and still only got to, uh, like I said, they got the one seed one year, his rookie year, and lost that game to the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, year before last, they did win their division, and they beat the Seattle Seahawks in that one game. So now they're, that was keeping uh, Prescott on a fourth-round rookie contract. So now that we all know that there's a hard cap now in the NFL, uh, reports are the Cowboys are going to let Byron Jones, their star cornerback, leave for free agency. Uh, we know about the other players they've already paid, including their offensive line. It averages over $10 million a year. One of the highest paid offensive lines in the NFL. <coughs> They've already paid <coughs> Zeke Elliott. 
uh, just to name a few. They still have to pay um, Amari Cooper, that receiver. I already mentioned Byron Jones, their corner is going to leave. Uh, they do have Mike McCarthy now instead of Jason Garrett. So what makes you think now that they're going to have less room for error in paying Dak Prescott $33 million a year versus about $2 million a year? How are they still going to make that up and be successful? The Dallas Cowboys have to have a plan B. And today is Monday, okay, the 9th. Uh, three days from now on Thursday is going to be the 12th. This is what I say, okay? Uh, there have been numerous reports, and uh, Matt, uh, the, the, the Lions are favored. Again, the last I read, the Lions are favored. Excuse me, everybody. I'm going to have to change out my um, – now I'm back. Okay, the Lions are favored to um, – to sign Tua, to draft Tua with the third pick overall. I know that Washington has been brought up. I still say that Washington probably drafts the defensive tack or defensive end out of Ohio State, uh, best player in the draft. So my thing is, why not make a trade for a guy that's going to make $21 million a year next year in Matt Stafford, by the way, is a Dallas native. He will be a $21 million a year cap hit versus a possible $33 million cap hit with the Dak Prescott. Now, we know Prescott's a lot younger, uh, 24, 25 years old. Uh, Matt Stafford's 32 years old. Uh, well, I understand about his stats in Detroit and everything, only one playoff appearance. Well, he does. He does not. Have, he never had the kind of coach in there. Mike McCarthy, coach with Green Bay, for for seven years there. So he has pretty much saw Stafford his entire career coaching against him with the Green Bay Packers. My thing is, those discussions should be had behind closed doors in the Cowboys locker room. Now, of course, you could sign him. You can franchise Dak on Thursday <clears throat> to be another option and wait till the draft comes through and it, it, it say, for instance, we all, we all think that Detroit will draft a quarterback, preferably probably Tua from Alabama. And if that does happen, uh, they're going to need to get rid of a quarterback anyways. They'll let this guy sit since he's coming back from that hip injury. Make a play for... Matt Stafford in the um, in the middle of the season or about the trade deadline or, or possibly at the end of the season. My thing is, Jerry Jones is pushing 80 years old. Uh, you have a ready-made team. You've got you've got one of the best running backs in football, one of the best lines in football. You you still have a number one receiver to to uphold. Maybe you can possibly find a way to bring back Byron Jones, your <coughs> lead cornerback there. You say, what would Detroit want? I don't know. You've got the 17th pick. You've got players on your roster. you got offensive linemen. you got you got Zeke Elliott. You could possibly trade another first-round pick for him as well. Played the 17th. They'll probably uh, possibly trade a uh, 2021 pick for Stafford. 
I mean, there's a lot of the uh, of options that that the Cowboys have, and I think Detroit would listen to bring in Stafford, bring in the Texas native, bring him back home. Uh, we know about his arm strength. <coughs> we know we get you got your head coach with Dallas, who who was coached against this guy for for seven eight years, his whole career practically. McCarthy has coached against him with, with, with uh, and scouted this guy from Green Bay. He's a, he's a former divisional opponent head coach. So why not take a chance with Stafford? Look what you've done with Dak Prescott on his rookie contract. Two playoff appearances, one, one win, uh, one loss. Uh, last year, best team in the division – and you could not go to Philadelphia and beat uh, Carson Wentz with, with, with backup receivers, with injuries, uh, running backs out, you name it. Uh, him not even playing 100%, and you can't go up there and beat him in Philadelphia. You get to say this stuff out loud. How is that going to be once we pay him? I like Dak Prescott as a person. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great leader. But at some point, you got to have a plan B and say, why haven't they pulled the trigger on it? Because they know he's not worth it. Stephen Jones and, and, and the dad, Jerry, they know that Dak Prescott is not worth that kind of money. Now, I know a lot of these former NFL players want to talk about marketability and, 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 and uh, setting the standard and all that. And you got to pay more because you're the next man up for the contract. And I think that's just a bunch of hogwash. <coughs> and I'm not a former player, see. I'm just going to tell you like I see it. I think Dallas sees it. They just don't quite trust him. They think that there's a, there's a possibility that he has hit his ceiling and, and, and Jason Garrett did all he could with him. The other part of the Dallas Cowboys school of thought is Jason Garrett was the problem. Now they've got the head coach in here who has won a Super Bowl. Maybe we should give him a chance with Mike McCarthy and see what he can do. So that can, that part I can see beat the school of thought on the uh, possibility of just franchising him for one year, taking that hit, and seeing how it goes. Either way, my plan B would maybe go after Stafford. Stafford's not worth what he once was. Uh, on the open market. I th he's a guy with a strong arm with a bad team. Um, probably got all the physical tools in the world. Coming home to Dallas, I think it would be a tremendous uh, opportunity for him and everybody uh, above uh, in, in the picture. You could probably yeah, you could keep this guy on his other contract, which is uh, $21 30-something and like $29 million. And, and two or three years from now, Stafford's contract would be a bargain. It would be a bargain with, with the cap going up, with the new CBA and everything. That would be a steal even this year. I personally would roll the dice and just trade for him before uh, Thursday. That's just me. I, I, I would make that play after I had a long talk with Mike McCarthy and his staff because Dak is just wanting to break the bank. At this point, <clears throat> and at some point, he's just too expensive, guys. He's just not worth it. 
if you believe in that offensive line, you believe in this defense, you believe in this new coaching staff, why not? I mean, what dif- what difference is Dak Prescott really going to make? You know, you got to tell yourself, what difference is he really going to make? Okay? So, like I said, it'd be a heck of a plan B. Uh, other options, of course, it'd be Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and maybe um, Justin Herbert in the draft. But you know what? I, I just think that I think going after a guy like Stafford, I think Detroit would listen. I think Detroit's looking for a way out. They're looking to make a change. They got the three pick with the guy, you know? So, like I said, their favorites in these odd markets, somebody's tipped somebody off in Vegas for them to be the favorite to draft Tua with that third pick overall. But, like I said, when I come on Friday and do Sportscope, we'll find out whether they franchise him or not. Odds are they're going to franchise him. If you do franchise Dak, uh, it's good to go ahead and, and think about the plan B. If Mike McCarthy gives you a report, hey, look, I think he's already hit his ceiling. We did as much as we can with Dak. Let's go after, uh, let's go after Matt Stafford since they've already drafted a quarterback. Because I would bet you they will. In other news. Uh, very impressed with the pre-free agent moves by Tom Telesco uh, and the L.A. Chargers. Tom Telesco is the general manager of the Chargers. Uh, earlier last week, they made a trade with the Carolina Panthers, traded tackle Russell uh, Okung for guard uh, Trey Turner. Now, Cone is 32 years old, uh, two-time Pro Bowl tackle, started 36 games in the last three years for the Chargers. And, uh, but Turner, however, six years younger, made the Pro Bowl in each of the last five seasons at right guard. Uh, I read a little bit of the um, read up on Turner. He's a lights-out guard. I think this is a great move by the uh, Chargers here. Uh, and, then, and this also, I got this off of, uh, what I say? I got this off the L.A. Times. Michael Schofield, the Chargers and Comet starter at right guard, is set to become a free agent. So they're going to lose some players, but I think it was just a great move by the Chargers. Okuma uh, was getting beat a lot last year. Uh, he's 32 years old. Uh, there's it looks to be a tackle heavy draft in this particular draft. If you're going to spend money on free agents, if you can't, uh, the quarterback's the most important position. Usually, good quarterbacks are not available in free agency. However, good offensive linemen usually are. That's why they're expensive because they are hard to find. Uh, not <coughs> unless you get a guy like uh, like a Nelson out of. Um, Oh, God, Nelson out of Notre Dame, who now plays with the Colts. Odds are you're not going to find these good linemen in the draft. Now, that being said, the combine, uh, I know that guy out of um, Louisville, you've got some good ones coming out this year, particularly in the draft. I look for that to be fine. Uh, I think I think Tom Telesco, this guy's making all the right moves. He's only been with this I want to say he's been with them five years as a general manager, five, six years. 
And um, I like also with them letting Melvin Gordon walk. Uh, Austin Eckler got better hands, more of an all-purpose running back, signed him to four-year, $24.5 million contract. So six million a year versus <coughs> – I talked about this last week. Or it might have been the week before that. I think it was last week with the uh, – excuse me. Um, with the uh, top five highest paid running backs, uh, all averaging around 15 to $13 million a year. The teams that they were on, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I just talked about the Cowboys. Uh who was the other one? Le'Veon Bell with the Jets that set out a whole year. Just to name two, neither one of their teams are in the playoffs. You pay Austin Eckler a third of that money, $6 million, $24.5 million, $15 million guaranteed versus forty-five. <coughs> I love that move by the Chargers. And both of uh, Malt Drafts, Todd McShay of ESPN, and Chad Reuter of NFL.com both having uh, Utah State's Jordan Love being drafted to the Chargers. We know Phillip Rivers going to be a free agent. They've got Ty, <coughs> excuse me, Tyrod Taylor there at 7.5, going to be the start of this year. Anthony Lynn has hinted out that he's wanting to keep uh, Taylor possibly as a starter there. With this uh, Shane Stitchum was a guy I never really heard of at offensive coordinator. I think Talisco was trying to <coughs> – he's still trying to see if Anthony Lynn's going to be the guy. <coughs> but that being said, this is Talisco's first draft looking for a quarterback. I mean, Phillip Rivers has been there since, you know, since the early 2000s, about two general managers ago. So – we don't know how good this guy really is. I like what he's done with the Chargers leading up to this point. Uh, with the players he's brought in, Joy Bosa's of the world, Darian James, uh, signing Eckler to this $24.5 million contract, getting an excellent guard there. Trey Turner out when the trade out of uh, – out of um, – uh, out of Carolina. There's a great pickup for you uh, Charger fans. So Tom Telesco seems to be on some, again, two mall drafts I looked at. Take Got him taking Jordan Love, the Utah State standout there. <coughs> and like I said, possibly just stay with Tyrod Taylor Ooh, excuse me, this year and, um, and letting him uh, learn under a guy like Tyrod Taylor. I like Tyrod Taylor. I liked him since he was drafted from uh, from the get-go up to Buffalo Bills. Tyrod Taylor won't win you a game, but he won't lose you a game. In other words, he's not going to make the big mistake to lose you a game. But if you need him with two minutes to go, are you really sure Tyrod Taylor is going to get that? <coughs> if you're down by four, is he going to get that touchdown? Well, I would think not, you know. Excuse me. We saw how Baker Mayfield, uh, him being a rookie, beat him out there. So my thing is the Chargers are in good shape. Uh, they, they, they've stayed under the cap. Uh, they, they, they've drafted well. 
as of late. They're making a transition at quarterback. They may be making a transition at head coach. Anthony didn't look good at 19. He didn't look good last year. <coughs> they didn't have that many injuries. <coughs> Excuse me. Last year, I, didn't, I haven't coughed all day. Just this cough waited for me to do the program. This is why I didn't do the show a lot last week, everybody. So don't give me a hard time about coughing on the air. I'm just trying to do uh, the best I can. My thing is, I like what the Chargers are doing. I like the signing of Austin Eckler. I like this trade. Quite frankly, I like the uh, the fact that <laughs> that both mock drafts that I've looked at got them taking Jordan Love. I'm not real sure about Justin Herbert. <laughs> Each game I've seen Justin Herbert play, it looks like he's running around a lot, not really making a big throw. This guy, Jordan Love, had a bad year last year, but had a good workout. He had a great year as a sophomore, <coughs> but he had a <coughs> excuse me, total different <coughs> coaching staff with him. So, anyways, um, that's all I have to say about that. We'll, we'll see how the draft plays out. We'll see how free agency plays out. There's no telling who they could get in free agency. Or the right number, they may go after. Um, they may go after Jameis Winston. For all we know, maybe Dallas lets Dak Prescott walk. Or maybe he goes to the Chargers. But I stick to the plan. If I'm Telesco, Tyrod Taylor's my quarterback. I pay him seven point five, and maybe take Jordan Love, or make a move and get a Tua. I don't think they're going to be able to get to. I think they'll probably get a Jordan Love. Roll the dice on a talented Jordan Love. And and if you're really uh, upside down on quarterback, just wait till next year. Go after Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. <coughs> so, anyways, everybody, I'm dying here. Uh, that is all I have today. I'll be back on hopefully Wednesday, not unless I get into another spell there where I cannot get um, – get situated but uh anyways i'll try to be back on wednesday around 11 p.m uh uh central time hopefully we'll have something going on with the dallas cowboys and that franchise tag of Dak prescott if you like the program please retweet it like it share it on facebook i'll be back on here like i said around 11 p.m central time if you want to advertise on sports go <coughs> You know how to find me on all those major links. Email me sportsscope at gmail.com. You can uh, if you like the if you want to listen to the podcast, Google the podcast sports scope, uh, Spotify, Apple, you name it. And you can also inbox me through my Facebook page or Twitter. Just look for SportsScope or at our Butler723. Have a good night, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow around, <coughs> excuse me, or uh, Wednesday around 11 p.m. Central Time here on Sports Scope.